Welcome to the Road to Fueling Better podcast, hosted by registered dietitian Laura Kilkline and dietitian in training Gina Santinello. We created this podcast to debunk diet culture myths, share evidence-based nutrition strategies, and empower you to live your fullest life without restriction. We want to help you make informed nutrition decisions that fit your goals, whether it's optimizing your performance and recovery in the gym or simply learning how to live a healthier lifestyle. We believe that the key to health and fitness success is to build a solid foundation of sustainable habits that support your goals. This not only includes behavior change, but more importantly, mindset change. Together, we've helped hundreds of clients end the yo-yo dieting cycle, improve their relationship with food, hit endless PRs in the gym, and acquire the skills to optimally fuel their bodies, all while enjoying their favorite foods. We hope that you enjoy this podcast. If you want to learn more, follow us on Instagram at balance.fueling and apex underscore underscore nutrition. So we debated back and forth for a while now on what our first topic for our podcast should be. And we just kept coming back to the same same old topic. Same theme of the quick fix and quick fix. How problematic that that mindset can be around making changes, whether it be nutrition changes or just general health changes how quick fixes really do not work. And despite that, they're just so glorified and still marketed pretty much everywhere. Yeah, I mean, we live in a world of instant gratification, right? I mean, uh, we can order something on Amazon and have it delivered the next day. Um, I mean, to the point where if it's three, four day delivery, we don't want it. We find a faster way. (laughs) And uh, Googling things, you know, I'm the kind of person if I don't know something I will Google it to find out right then and there on the spot, which is great. Uh, for some things, you know, that instant gratification is is nice. But when it comes to nutrition, making changes to our lifestyle, those quick fixes really don't set you up for long-term success. No, and I think that they really do more harm than good in the long run, too. Um, Definitely. But, and I, I don't think that people really know that so we're here to kind of explain why quick fixes are not ideal when it comes to your health and nutrition and fitness exactly and i think it's a valid thing again with instant gratification being just so present these days and obviously if you want to feel better or you know work on your health in whatever way it's only natural that you want the result sooner rather than later i think that's just human nature Um, but I think part of what fuels that in addition to just the, you know, technology and stuff like that is what we see in the media with quick fixes being normalized or even like glorified to just making people think that that's the right way to go about things. Yeah. I mean, every magazine you see is like lose 12 pounds in four days or it's ridiculous it's it's crazy but people are drawn to that and believe that it worked and then they feel like a failure when they try it and it doesn't work yeah it's like eat a grapefruit and a hard-boiled egg you know three times a day and if you get hungry uh there's something wrong with you right well okay these quick fixes and there's so many of them out there and i know we're going to be kind of diving into fad diets and stuff like that on more episodes. So we won't 
get too much into it, but um, you know, the reality is that these quick fixes are usually very extreme, very restrictive, and just promote you know weight loss that is is just unsustainable and really not healthy for our body. And they usually um, are plans that are very strict and in in the sense of it won't work if you are not 110% on this plan. And I mean, like you just said, that's not sustainable in the long term. You're not going to bring this plan on vacation with you or on a date night or on a birthday celebration. Exactly. And these things come up. Like people always think, well, this would be the perfect time to do it because I have no plans for the next three months. So this is a good time to be super strict and on my game. And when in reality, plans are going to come up in those three months that you want to do. Yep. Things always happen. Exactly. Things come up. And then what happens after the three months is over? Yeah. Like then what? What are you going to do? Have you learned anything or have you just been following this restrictive plan to a T and now the three months is over and you're like, well, now what? Exactly. And I think that's where people usually end up you know, even if they maybe say they were trying to lose weight or um, would, because let's be honest, that's usually what these quick fixes sort of promise as, as the outcome. And that's what, you know, and how they draw people in. Um, But yeah, at the end of that, you know, three month plan or eight week cleanse or whatever it may be, whoever's following it, if they've made it that far, uh, which, you know, usually is, is pretty hard to do, but then they end up kind of right back where they started because that plan did not set them up for the long-term success. Exactly. I mean, I think one of my favorites are the juice cleanses that are like lose 10 pounds in three days and then they do it and they lose all the weight because they're on the toilet, on the, on the toilet, <laughs> and then they gain it all back. Yeah. So what is the point of even doing it if you know that you're going to gain it all back? I can promise you a juice cleanse is not going to kickstart anything. No. It's not going to, if anything, it's going to leave you feeling deprived yeah. and set you up for going crazy when you're done with the juice cleanse. That's. I think a lot of people are like, I just need to kickstart the motivation by doing a, a juice cleanse or something like that. Yeah. When in reality... It's, again, not sustainable. And you're also, with something like that, you're also miserable while you're doing it. You know, maybe you have your first one or two juices and you're like, oh, this isn't so bad. It tastes good. But then you just feel completely depleted because, yeah, you're you're running on empty. And, again, what, what does that teach you about health or nutrition at the end of that you know, five day, seven day, however long it is. It teaches you nothing. Nothing. And that's the big thing I think about these um, quick fixes is that if if somebody is offering a quick fix, you can right off the bat know that it's not a lifestyle uh, approach at all because lifestyle approaches are the furthest thing from a quick fix. Yeah, they're so, focused on the long term. Exactly. You know? So if you, you know, follow something that is promoting a quick fix then it's likely going to be like a five to seven day meal plan. And then there's an end point essentially where, you know, and I think this is where if you see something in the media or hear somebody talking about something that maybe they've tried, um, or I know even on social media, things may be getting promoted, you should kind of question it. And if there is this sort of end date, the question should be, well, at that end date, will I have the tools to be able to continue 
feeling good, feeling healthy, whatever the result I'm looking for, will I have, you know, will I be set up for that long-term success? And when it comes to those quick fixes, none of them set you up for that. Um, They set you up to get their uh, transformation pictures at the end. You know, you can see that person lost X amount of weight from day one to day 30. But then, like, I want to see them at day 60, day 90. I want to see them three years down the road. Yeah. And I want to talk to them on day 15 and day 30 about how they actually felt right? Like, oh yeah, I, you know, lost X amount of weight or whatever, but I felt awful. I had no energy. I couldn't enjoy the foods that I liked because that's where I think we have to go beyond just the before and after picture, which unfortunately, again, those are kind of what the selling points glorified. Exactly. That's how people sell it. Um, but they just think, oh, well that person must have just felt amazing during those 30 days when in reality, it's usually, you know, that's usually not the case. Right. Um, and I think the big issue that we're kind of getting to is that these plans are not, they're so structured. And I, I think that's what captures some people because they think that they want structure and maybe they do need or would benefit from some kind of structure. But we just take it Too for whatever far. reason, we take it to that extreme where it is so structured and rigid and offers you no flexibility, and that's why it it doesn't work long-term. Because it's not sustainable. Yeah. Because you're not going to do that for the rest of your life. Like, who wants to follow the same meal plan forever? Or, I mean, a juice cleanse forever just wouldn't work because you would become malnourished and eventually hospitalized. But, (laughs) um, But, yeah, that, you know, again, structure, having it be too structured, it's like too much of a good thing. And so it it ends up backfiring. Exactly. And I always say, if you can't see yourself giving whatever, whatever food up for the rest of your life, don't give it up for three months. No. Don't, if there's a plan, if you're like, no, I'm just going to give it up for this three months, I'm going to be on the plan. Well, what happens when the three months is over? You're already, you just said you're planning to have it again. And since you just deprive yourself of it for three months, chances are you're going to go ham on that food. And, and that's just human nature. Exactly. And I think people then think, oh, you know, I, I fell back into my old ways or didn't have willpower, but that's not the case. Again, it's just human nature. And I think it's referred to as the scarcity mindset. So essentially, if you think cutting something out, so whether it be something like sugary foods or something more specific like chocolate or chips or whatever it is, if we cut it out, then our brain is telling us that, you know, that food source or that food group is, you know, essentially a a scarcity. And so the physiological response is going to be that we want more of it. Kind of like don't touch the red button, you know, then you just want to touch it more. Um, Exactly. And I think for enjoyment sake and also for the sustainability sake it's learning how to incorporate those foods in a balanced way rather than feeling like it's this on and off switch where you're either completely cutting it out or you have absolutely no control like the all or nothing over it yeah 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 i think that that's what people don't really understand like they think you know mostly people's favorite foods are not the most nutrient dense foods. Usually it's like chocolate or 
I don't know, things like Salt, that. Salt, sugar, that, fat. Yeah, the exactly. highly palatable foods. Exactly. The, the good ones, of course. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you we you should be able to enjoy it. We live yes. one time. Yeah. Um, and in order to have long-term success with that, you need to learn how to incorporate it into your into your daily diet or into your yeah, your routine so you don't have you can kind of push that all or nothing mentality out and kind of understand how to have more balance. Exactly. And I think again, sometimes people think that the all or nothing is what they want. But in reality, and I I always talk about kind of living in the gray area, like you you have to be okay with you know, I guess the challenge of incorporating those foods. And sometimes, yeah, you might be prone to, say, overeating them if you're trying to get over the mindset of, you know, it being something that you've restricted in the past. But that, and that takes work and it takes practice. And I think that's what we do a lot with, you know, help our clients with is is overcoming that. Um, But ultimately it does set you up for more long-term success and that sustainability and just in enjoying what you eat exactly is a very important part of nutrition and i think as you know as a dietitian people always think that you know we're the food police or we're all about judging what you're eating yeah you know and and only eat a certain way and oh you must never eat pizza or ice cream and it's like no in fact i actually love we love food (laughs) that's why we We went into this field yeah so um i think you know as consumers out there where again all these messages in the media and social media having like a a critical mindset and critical thinking skills um and asking these questions of is this plan or this program or whatever it is is it flexible is it sustainable does it allow me to enjoy the foods that i love the most and if the answer is no we need to question that and yeah. I think that's, you know, a, a big problem that uh, I see, you know, clients uh, coming from, you know, those strict plans. And um, they really do more, way more harm than they do good. And I think they do more harm than they do good on both a physical and a mental exactly. standpoint. Exactly. point. Um, because, you know, people are like, I followed this diet to a T. I killed it. I lost X amount of weight, you know, and then the diet's over and they have no idea what to do. So now they just kind of revert back to their old ways because nothing was learned. Exactly. So they revert back to their old ways and they kind of slip back into, you know, the, the progress is now going the other way. And they feel that they are a failure because of that. When in reality, it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with they didn't learn anything to yeah. carry on and continue on. It's not them being a failure or them being having no willpower. It's the pure fact that they had no idea what to do. Yeah, it was just do this, don't do that. And again, that doesn't teach you anything about nutrition or learning about your body and what works for you. And so again, you're you're stuck at the end of that program and usually end up you know, back where you started. And so again, that's from the, you know, the physical standpoint, but then mentally, you know, usually then people are just, you know, they think, oh yeah, you know, I failed at that. And then they start to kind of doubt themselves and kind of go into like a negative spiral and, and mindset and think that they're, the problem is them when in reality, the problem is you know, that quick the, fix the that they were, they were trying to follow. Right. That was again, just 
um, too restrictive and, and not flexible. And I think that um, going back to like a physical standpoint, what people don't really understand and, you know, the average person who has never dieted before, they're going to follow a plan and they will lose a bunch of weight really fast because at this point, their metabolic rate is probably pretty high. They've never dieted before. So when you diet, the more you chronically under eat or chronically diet, each diet that you do is in turn kind of lowering that metabolic rate. So somebody who's dieted 30 times and somebody who's dieted zero times, they could have the exact same, they could be the same person, exact same everything. Identical twins, you know, one has chronic dieted, the other has never, you know. And their their resting metabolic rates are going to be hugely different. I mean, 500 calories may be different. So... That definitely plays a role in, you know, losing more weight at your next diet. With a slower metabolism, you're going to lose less weight. And over time, diet after diet after diet, it's going to become chronically harder to lose weight because you are just lowering that metabolism. And I think that that's kind of what people see and what kind of causes that yo-yo dieting that people get into those cycles. Yeah. And again, they think, oh, okay, well, this, you know, this didn't work. So then they're just searching for the next plan, the next program that is almost just digging them into a, like Mm -hmm. a a deeper hole. And so again, they think, oh, I need structure. I need something that, you know, is going to give me results. But again, they're just digging themselves into this hole and they're not going to get anywhere. They're actually going to really just continue to damage potentially their, you know, metabolism or their relationship with food, usually both. both. Um, And it's a really hard thing to come back from, I think. I mean... That's something I always say when people are like, well, I've tried everything and nothing's worked. Well, nothing's worked because you have tried everything. Yeah. Because you have not remained consistent and patient and actually given the time to see any changes. If you switch things up, you know, every month... With, right. with anything, a strength training program, uh, endurance program, your nutrition, you're not going to see progress because you're not being consistent. A month is not, not a enough. long time. No. Three months is not a long time. No. A year is not a long time. Right. And things take years. And especially when it comes to your nutrition, you are constantly building on that forever. It, yeah. There is no end point. There's no point where you're like, I I did it, I'm done, and and Never have to we're think done. about it again. Yeah. No. And, and that's, that's why yeah. it's important to make it a lifestyle because eating is something you're going to do until the day you die. Yeah. Forever. Yep. So you may as well take the time to learn how to do it in a sustainable way that fits your goals. And is enjoyable and, again, flexible and sustainable. Because I think with that lack of consistency is people are just kind of jumping from extreme to extreme to extreme, which again, is not going to give you the result that you want. Exactly. And, you know, I think that a couple of red flags to look out for when it comes to these quick fixes um, would be, you know, if it, they're promoting cutting out an entire food group. Yeah. Red flag. Red flag city. We're not going to be cutting out an entire food group for the rest of our lives. I can promise you that. There's going to be an occasion where you're going to have to eat or you're, you will want to eat something that doesn't fit, you exactly. know, in that in that plan, and that's where you start to doubt yourself or question, you know, oh, it's willpower or something like that. But again, the problem is that lack 
of flexibility in that plan. And not to mention cutting out an entire food group, you know, long term sets you up for not just being miserable, but, you know, potential like physical risks like uh, nutrition deficiencies, Deficiencies, um, hormone issues, depending on what you're cutting out, there's, there's a, you know, risk involved there. And it's like, every food has its own, you know, it serves a purpose. And so when we cut things out to that extreme, we might think we're doing a good thing. But again, the, the impact of it can be pretty damaging, both physically and mentally. And I think that goes back to thinking to yourself, well, do I see myself cutting this food group out for the rest of my life? Yeah. And the answer probably will be no. Um, Usually cutting out food groups will more times than not be carbs. People usually find a reason to cut out all carbs. It's never going to be protein. Let's be real here. Yeah. Protein is like beyond glorified. Yep. And fat, I mean, we need fat to survive. Right. Um, Hormone production. I mean. Vitamin absorption. It's so important. Everything serves its own purpose. Exactly. And I think that, I, I mean, fat is we actually need fats in our diet to survive. Whereas carbs, yeah. technically, we don't. Right? Uh, I yeah, mean, it's like not ketosis. ideal. Yeah. But like fats, we actually will die if we don't have them in our diets. Yeah. And I think that's also, you know, people know that they can get away with cutting carbs. And so many plans cut out all carbs. And you're like, why? It's- Just because we can doesn't mean that we should. We should. And I think that's, again you know, something that we need to question of just because, uh, and I know we're going to do a whole episode on definitely a lot more on carbs, but we want to talk about keto because that's kind of something that's been around more, more lately, but just because you can survive without carbs doesn't mean that that's what is going to be optimal for whatever your goals are. And for most people's goals, it is not going to be optimal. For 99.99%. And so just because we can doesn't mean that we should. Because again, the the risk to benefit ratio is just not ideal. And so I think, again, like it comes back to having critical thinking skills and asking yourself those questions about, is this something that I can see myself doing long-term and if you start, you know, scratching your head when you're asking yourself that question. The answer is no. Yeah. Think no it, more. Exactly. Exactly. And I think another red flag as we were on that topic is programs that promote a product and say that it will not work if you don't use this product. The red essentially, flag. yeah, big red flag where there's sort of this magic pill me- mentality of whether it's a pill Powder, um, a powder, any you know, form of supplement, some kind of supplement or product where that is the key, and you will not get the results without that product. And essentially, you know, that is just a money grab. Exactly. But people buy into it because yep. it offers a quick fix, and they think, oh, easy peasy. You know, I just take this drink or powder or whatever, and all know. my problems go away. Yep. Like, and don't just you like think that. if there was a, a product out there? everybody would be doing it and and, and it, getting long-term yeah results. like there's not it does Stop not exist. looking for it yeah i don't understand why people still think that that it exists when we've never found one no one has one but people still have hope that there is one that it's just gonna you know this is gonna be it yeah um and sadly you know it's and i think it's like the the 
diet, uh, the dieting industry is something like a, I think it's like $14 billion industry. I could be wrong. Something like that. I'll Google it real quick. Yeah. Um, but it's just to think of the money that, you know, people drop on these products and what they could be, you know, investing in that as an investment in, in their health, you know, investing in working with, you know, a a dietitian, investing in working with a personal trainer or investing in, you know, buying a kayak so they can be more active and do something they enjoy, you know, whatever it might be. Yep. And unfortunately, I think that, you know, dietitians, we are for some reason the last resource yes, when people, people are having of. trouble. Yeah. With their, it's like they try every single thing in the book before they realize nothing works. So maybe I should, you maybe know, I'll go see an on, expert. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. why isn't, why aren't we, you know, the first sort of line of, uh, it's mind blowing. Yeah. You have a sore throat and you make an appointment with the doctor the next day. Right. Why is that not a thing with nutrition? It's, yeah people just try x y and z and it takes some years to find out that x y and z doesn't work and then they're like they have then no they choice but to at yeah. our door and exactly it's i think part of the reason why really why we made this podcast but why we want to talk about this stuff a lot is that we want people to reach out sooner and and again kind of not fall into this trap of these quick fixes that are not going to work for them and again actually leave you in a worse spot you know than than you were when you went into it um because how many times have you made a new year's resolution of i'm gonna lose weight this year over a year and year and year and think about the amount of time and money that you've put in to either thinking about it or trying this that whatever fad that you could have spent investing with a dietitian and think of the progress that you could have made in the years that you spent not doing that. Yeah. I think that that's, you know, you have to think long-term when it comes to your health. Short-term doesn't matter. Definitely. Like, to me, I don't care about short-term. No. And I think that, I mean, that is a turnoff to people. Yeah. People want the immediate short-term results. And, you know, the things that we pre- preach, the whole long-term, people are like, eh. I'll, I'll, I'm going to go check around It's elsewhere. not as, it's not, it's not as sexy, right? Exactly. It's like, well, no, I want that. I want that before and after. I want to be this, you know, success story or whatever, whatever it is about it that yep. we like the quick fixes. And again, because they're essentially glorified in the media, right? Like that's the magazine cover. So yep. it, it, it starts to just become like so normalized and that just essentially perpetuates the whole the whole thing from continuing exactly um, or to continue. So, um, like somebody's long-term progress is a hell of a lot more impressive to me than a three month transformation. Yeah. If I see a transformation within five years, like day one versus year five, that's where and there's at. progress. It's like, wow, like that is sustainable long-term progress. Anybody can make, can lose weight in three months, yeah. starve yourself and you'll lose weight. That's essentially what these diet plans, juice cleanses, meal plans, all that stuff is. It's a severe calorie yeah. restriction, getting the most weight off as quick as possible. Anybody can do that in three months. Yeah. It's the long term. I want to see five years. Five years worth of progress, that is what is... That's true, you know. Yeah. That's sustainability or, mm-hmm. or working towards that. And um, I think kind of along the, the red flag theme, you know, having 
a quick fix that is only focused on weight and there's no other like outcomes factors. or factors involved, that's a red flag. And I think a lot of people, sure, you know, may have goals around weight loss, but if that's essentially the end all be all or the only outcome that you're keeping track of or taking into into consideration, that's a huge red flag because again, your quality of life, your relationship with food, um, your your overall health, your again, internal making sure health. you're getting enough nutrients and yep. uh, of you know avoiding risk for injury or deficiencies. If if that stuff is not taken into account, how is it really improving your health? You know, it's not exactly. Yeah, and I think that that's where the difference between just a health coach that really doesn't have any knowledge into what to look for other than a number on the scale versus a, you know, healthcare professional, like a registered dietitian who knows other markers to look for, that's the huge difference. And that's also like these apps, these apps that make your calories for you or whatever, like they only look at your weight and your height. They're not looking at your energy levels, your hormone levels, your lab levels, your anything. Anything anything else. If you're following a program that just looks at weight and height, red flag. Red flag. Red flag. And again, I think especially for those of us who might be kind of numbers data oriented, um, weight is a very easy thing to kind of compare and contrast. Oh, it's one one pound different from last week or whatever it is versus some of the other things like relationship with food or energy levels it's kind of harder to quantify definitely but those things are actually more way more valuable mm-hmm. and i think that's almost the hardest thing to try and teach people is that just because yeah it really yeah. does um just because you know again weight is very easy to measure and there's this number attached to it and we can kind of visualize that mentally doesn't make it the best measure you know of anything of progress of health exactly and um so definitely if if any kind of program or quick fix is focused on just weight as the end all be all and nothing else definitely a red flag yeah um and going back to i think one thing we didn't touch upon in um about the other red flag about using products was the fact that a lot of the products that those quick fixes will uh, will promote are not regulated. Um, and I know we'll talk more about like supplements and yeah and stuff like that. But there's not many supplements that are actually regulated. No, they're really not, and you essentially don't know what. What is in them in your body but if it has a fancy label with an appealing title yep people are so quick to jump to it and it's like you don't even know what's in here and that's what scary yeah what it's doing you know to, to your, your internal health your organs and you know again it's just these products that are not not regulated and um it's pretty scary what you know what can get put out there and yeah just the fact that people do not question it at all is it is says, frightening it has a quick fix title and it's just automatically bought. Yeah. Um, and I think that, again, that just goes back to like, there are no quick fix, pill, quick fix pills. So yeah. just don't waste your money. I mean, that's such a waste of money. Think of how much money people waste year after year on these quick fix programs. 
whether it's a supplement, juices, meal plans, anything. It's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. That could be going towards more actually, constructive yep. and health promoting, you know, behaviors, actions, whatever it is. Because not to mention also a lot of these plans that promote the quick fixes of losing 12 pounds in a week. Let's be real here. That's not going to be fat mass. Right. You are not losing 12 pounds of fat mass in one week. You're losing water weight as well as muscle mass too. And when you really take a look at, uh, you know, what goes on when you lose muscle mass, in turn, you're slowing your metabolism down. The more muscle you have. Losing strength. There's no good that really comes from losing muscle mass. At all. I mean, we lose muscle mass naturally as we get older. So why would we not try to preserve as much muscle mass and build? Exactly. But people don't realize that. People think, oh, the scale went down, so that's fat mass. So that's a good thing. But it's not. Yeah. Again, just chasing that one measure as, as a measure of progress when in reality if you know you're actually getting weaker because you're breaking down that muscle mass um and while you might lose some fat uh you're you're losing muscle as well and so again it's not going to put you in a good place long term and that's why we really preach the slow and steady approach because don't get us wrong we are not anti-weight loss um but we are about doing it in a sustainable and scientific way so that would be very slow. So we're preserving as much muscle mass as possible over time. Um, and addressing other issues. outcomes as well. Yes. Um, and not just, you know, having, again, the scale be the, the end all be all. Um, and I think people, you know, again, want as much, you know, the, the more weight that comes off in the quickest amount of time equals what I want. And I think clients come to us, right, kind of saying that, and we have to kind of say, well, we don't do that, you know, because, and here's why. And again, uh, because it's, it's, you know, that, that leads you to just break down muscle mass. And uh, I believe the, the maximum amount of weight loss per week that is recommended to essentially mitigate as much muscle loss as possible is um, up to one percent of your body weight per week. Yeah, that's what I read. I don't know. If... I think that I think that that's accurate. And so for most people, uh, the range is essentially half a pound a week to up to two pounds a week. But I know usually a pound a week is pretty. A pound a week or less. Yeah, is the sweet spot. Two pounds a week. Now you're getting into. Extremes. Extremes. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, people think it's like, oh, it's only a half a pound. It's only a pound. But look at over time how much that adds up to. And if you're preserving muscle mass in that process, maintaining a a healthy relationship with food and focused on that, you know, long-term success and still having like the flexibility to, you know, go out and enjoy life isn't that worth it, right? Like all of those other things that you're getting out of it um, because that's true progress. That's true change um, and it's not doing harm to your health rather than these, you know, again, these quick uh, restrictive plans. Yeah, exactly. And it's also, you know, when you learn, when you're actually taking the time to learn how to make the decisions, you can bring these skills to other areas whether you're on vacation like I said or a date night or and those all become less stressful and more enjoyable if you are on this restrictive plan 
you're not going to want to go on a date night. You're not going to want to go to your kid's birthday party because you're going to be so stressed out about the food there. Um, that's not a way to live. Yeah. I mean, once you learn how to make the decisions, you can make your best decisions anywhere you go. Vacation, uh, cookouts, anywhere you go. If you have the skills and the tools to make decisions to fit your goals, you're golden. Yeah, exactly. And I think, again, like, if there's this plan out there that says, okay, we're going to get, you know, X result that you might be looking for, but you're going to have stress around, you know, going out or you're not going to want to because it's not flexible. Does that really help your health and wellness in the long term, right? Like if you're stressing out about that, um, it doesn't. No. And so that's where like you got to like scratch your head and be like, "Mm, I don't think this is going to work for me. Right. And let me focus on something that, again, is maybe a little bit less structured, which might be uncomfortable for some people. But again, it allows for that long-term success and enjoyment of just, you know, enjoying life, which yeah. which is uh, kind of important. Pretty important. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to look back when you're 80 years old and be like, oh, I didn't go to this cookout that day because they didn't have what was on my meal plan. Darn it. Like... You're not going to want to look back at times like that and, you know. And no one's going to look back and say, you know, oh, I I wish I stuck with that juice cleanse. (laughs) Um, You know, and I think for me it all comes down to quality of life. And if, you know, that's getting sacrificed with a restrictive plan, you need to question it. Yeah. And if you're just getting bent out of shape over – one factor, like the number on a scale, we need to to kind of shift your mindset to other aspects. Because like we said, you're not going to look back. Oh, remember the party where I weighed 135 pounds? Yeah. You're, no, you're going to be like, remember the party when this and this and that happened? It was a happened? great time. And yeah. Yeah. Like you don't, we obsess over it too much in the moment and it really doesn't matter. No. The number. No. Like the, the actual number on the scale does, doesn't matter. It's yeah. how are you feeling? How are you... I, I think I think that's another podcast episode yeah. is all about that. And yeah. how I know like I personally feel like we really don't need scales. Um they're just maybe one... for like medication dosing. Um but in reality we really don't need There's it way as other, a measure better of, ways of change or or progress in mm-hmm. terms of nutrition. There's way better ways. And if you you know, if you do care about your body composition and that's kind of where the scale's going, like there's better ways to measure your body composition. Like yeah. take photos, take measurements, like how are your clothes fitting? Those are all way better factors than a number on a scale. Exactly. That um, we have no control over. That thing could go up or down five, ten pounds in a day. Yeah. Over things out of our control. Exactly. And just kind of normal, that's that's normal and that's okay. Um, and I know a phrase I say a lot, and uh, I know you're on, on the same page with this, is like function over physique mm-hmm. any day of the week. Yep. So focusing on, again, not just that number on the scale, but like how how do you feel? How are you moving around? How strong are you? Um, what did are you, you PR able to do? Did you PR any lifts? Did you PR any uh, Anything. races? Yeah. Like, 
that's cool measure of prog- measures of progress. That's where it's at. Yeah. I get more excited, honestly, when my clients tell me like PRs of their lifts yes. than anything else. That's like, the best. Those are the best. Yeah. Or, you know, I had a client the other day tell me like, I wore a bikini and I felt great. Yep. That is huge. Yeah. That is more to me. That's more progress to me than any number on a scale will ever be. Exactly. And I think, again, because we can't sort of quantify those things as easily as we can just that number on the scale, it makes it kind of harder to be like, well, is that a big win? And and yes, it is. It like, is. It's, it's hard to quantify, but that doesn't mean that it's, it's not valuable because those are the things that truly matter and truly add to your health and, and wellness in the long term. Exactly. So if a program or a coach is using just uh, scale numbers, red flag. We got to stay away. Absolutely red flag. Yeah. And um, I know there's definitely a, a lot of more red flags out there. There's a um, lot. We should just make a whole podcast on red flags. Red flag city. Um, so I think, you know, for anyone listening who maybe has sort of fallen into the the trap of, you know, looking for quick fix after quick fix, we wanted to kind of talk about this to, again, kind of spark those critical thinking skills of of thinking about that long-term sustainability and asking yourself, you know, is this truly going to improve my health? Yeah. Or is this just some kind of, um, you know, sales ploy that is promising this result? Like, if it sounds too good to be true, it is. It is. Period. Yeah. There is nothing about it's going to work. Nothing's going to happen that they're saying. Because, like we said, if there was something out there that is too good to be true, then everybody would have it. Everybody would be doing it. It would be on national news. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There. Yeah. I use the analogy sometimes of, you know, like going to school and, and passing a class you can't just show up and expect to know everything and take the final exam, you know, in the first week and and pass it. You know, if it's your first time learning the subject, like it's it takes time. You've got to show up. You've got to learn things. You've got to make mistakes. Um, and you've got to have some failures. It's messy, it's okay. but that's what happens. Like that's life. And then at the end of it, you know, you actually you know, gain a lot from it and, um, you know, pass the class or whatever. Um, so again, it's being okay with taking longer and, and not, you know, some things again, instant gratification is great. Uh, having, you know, Amazon prime order the next day, that's awesome. But with nutrition, it's, it's really the opposite. And all we have is time. Like we said, there is no deadline. Yeah. There's, no end date when it comes to your nutrition. It's going to be something that it's going to be a constant work in progress for the rest of your life. Something you're going to have to keep up with for the rest of your life. So invest the time now in just learning how to take the steps and make small changes towards your goal. I kind of like you use the analogy for a test. I like using the analogy of a staircase. You don't just take one giant step to the top. Yeah. You take all these little tiny steps yep. to get you to the top. If you're clumsy like me, you, you might fall. You might trip up a little <laughs> bit, but you, you keep going. Exactly. And it's, you know, skipping steps 
you're gonna fall. Yep. If you skip steps, if you yeah. try to jump, you're gonna pull six, a hammy. You're gonna pull a hammy. <laughs> you're gonna end up out. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the same thing. It's it's really about taking each step and building upon each step, not skipping steps. Skipping steps, you're gonna get right da- back down to the bottom. Yep. You know, get to the first step. Really build that foundation there. Build upon that first step, and then once that's concrete, solid then go to the second step. Yes. And so on. And like we said, like the steps never end. Yeah. Like the top is non-existent. No. You just keep going. You just keep learning. You yeah. just keep getting better. Um, so I think that's a big thing too is 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 there an end date? If if a program is promoting an end date, red flag. Yeah. There is never an end date. Keep climbing those it's, stairs. Yeah. Again, you should feel like no, I'm I'm getting set up for long-term success here. So I think we, you know, kind of wanted to uh, leave, you know, anyone listening with those tips for how to essentially break free from that quick fix uh, mindset or being kind of sucked into the the quick fix, um, you know, whatever's marketed out there. Like save your time, please time, save your time. Money. Uh, energy and and put that into something that is going to serve you long term. Um, and so I think we mentioned uh, focusing on sustainability um, and you know accepting that sort of slow and steady progress and and like the staircase example. I love that. Yeah. Um, Viewing failures more as just speed a learning bumps. Yeah, learn from them and yeah. then move on. Don't let a failure knock you down. Failures happen. It's a speed bump. Learn and move on. Yeah. And that's going to ultimately get you further and get you better. And rather than, you know, hitting hitting a roadblock and then, you know, spiraling and thinking that, oh, I, you know, I failed. So that means I have to give up type of a thing. And look for um, the next best thing. Exactly. That's what usually happens. Yeah. When in reality, it's those speed bumps happen to the most successful people. Right. Not a single person in this world has not hit a speed bump. Exactly. They've hit it and they keep going. Yeah. That's the difference. So uh, don't let those speed bumps knock you down. Keep pushing through it. Keep your eye on the prize. Yep. And again, if you're focused on actually learning about nutrition and those long-term changes, um, that's going to set you up for uh, just having better health overall, better nutrition overall. And I think one of the big things, again, one of the main points of this episode and of our why we started this podcast is please reach out to work with someone who knows what they're talking about, whether in terms of what their nutrition advice is. And um, I know, again, we kind of talked about how dietitians aren't really thought of um, as till a last resort as sort of like the last resort. And so we urge you to you know, instead of just looking for that next best thing, which again, doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. <laughs> uh, the next best thing is going to be talking to an expert. And registered dietitians are our nation's nutrition experts. Exactly. And um, again, we talked a little bit about in episode one about all of the training and education that we have to do and continuing education. And so I think while you might be drawn to someone who thinks they know what they're talking about. Maybe or, because they look good. Exactly. And doesn't it doesn't mean, mean that, you know, just because someone 
eats food and thinks that they've figured it all out for themselves doesn't make them qualified to give nutrition advice to everyone else. And Because everybody is different. What works for me might not work for you. Exactly. That's and another red flag is a one size fits yes, all. Yes, I was going to say that. Follow it's, this, otherwise, eh, it's not going to work. And we'll, Sally next to you is following the exact same thing. Yeah, but red flag. Two different people with two different, you know, goals, lifestyles, etc. That's just again why personalized nutrition is so important and the one size fits all approach is not the way to go. And I know that any any, you know, dietitian out there, um, or at least most of us, are going to, again, focus on the individual and what works for you, focus on long-term success and sustainability, and not just focus on the scale as the end-all be-all. So if you've never worked with a registered dietitian before, we definitely urge you to. And, um, you know, we, again, we're not the food police. No. All we foods love, can fit. We love our pizza, our yes. ice cream. <laughs> Tequila. Everything. <laughs> so we hope that this episode was helpful for you. Again, we know how much quick fixes are essentially glorified and just marketed everywhere. So we urge you to have those critical thinking skills and you know consider the things that we talked about today. And if, uh, if anyone has any questions about it, I know Gina and I are always... Uh, you open know, to talk nutrition. Yes. We could talk about it for hours and days and months. And we do. And we do. And we will Which continue. is why we started this yes. podcast, so we can talk all things nutrition. But yeah, don't hesitate to reach out to us with any kinds of questions, and we're more than happy to help. Definitely. So I know uh, we've got more episodes lined up, so stay tuned, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Yes, and give us a, a like if you found this episode helpful. Yeah. All right. Until next time. No quick fixes. (laughs)